Hi everyone and welcome back to another Next Gen Wellbeing podcast. I'm your host Maddie and I'm joined today by Nilla from the Nilla Extract. Today we're going to be talking about um, her experience at university as a person of colour and a different ethnic minority. Um, so thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we're so thrilled to have you and I actually just wanted to say I absolutely love your Instagram. Um, I think everything you put on there is amazing and I love um, the awareness you you kind of promote on it and yeah it's just it's just really cool so wanted to say Aww. that before we started but <laughs> thank you so much that's, that's so right. kind of you how are you oh, today yes. thank you so much for having me on I'm really really honored to be on oh, your show of course we're so honored to have you thank you so <laughs> um I just thought before we started like the podcast just to tell me a bit about yourself your background where you're from what you study the whole shabam I'm Miller uh I'm 20 I am from Manchester. I currently live in Nottingham because I go to uni here. Well, I've just finished uni. Um, I don't, how does that feel, finishing uni? Just weird. Just weird. Going back, <laughs> going into the big bad world, as they say. No, it doesn't really feel like I've finished uni because I guess I didn't really have a third year. So, yeah, I of course. It kind of felt like I was in second year and then suddenly I did a bunch of online things. Um, and now I am... a psychology graduate so that's crazy and like I, I feel like I've grown so much during it as well because I actually came to uni when I was 17 and so what? like oh wow yeah that's yeah. unheard of but okay <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, it, you'll be surprised you, there was a lot of 17 year olds people just don't say anything 17 how can you get into uni so you must have been really smart or something no no, no that's what oh. people say all the time I mean we were talking before this I, I moved um to Singapore with my family a few years ago mm-hmm. and their terms finish early it's literally just that like they finish okay. in April um whereas my friends would have finished that September so instead of waiting till the next year I just decided to join uni that year and so yeah started uni when I was 17 and now I'm 20. Oh God, now <laughs> of course so you would have graduated when you've actually graduated at 20 that is mad like people go to uni at 20. wow <laughs> Anyway, yeah. sorry about that, off topic, but no, 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 no. very interesting to hear that you went to uni at 17. Um, right. Yeah, that's so cool. So you're from Manchester, you go to the University of Nottingham. What's the University of Nottingham like for people out there listening, maybe thinking about going to Nottingham or just out of curiosity? <laughs> I think my favourite thing about University of Nottingham and what really drew me to it was the campus. I love mm. nature and walking. I did and- see it's beautiful. it's absolutely beautiful there's a lake there's like so many places to walk around and when you're in there you feel like you're in your own separate campus like I didn't want to go to a city campus for my undergraduate because I wanted that close-knit naturey feel per Mm -hmm. se but it's really lovely I think that's my favorite part (laughs) yeah Um, yeah the uni itself is really good and you'd really enjoy it if you go that's what I'd say (laughs) Brilliant. And like, so you said before that you moved here from Singapore. Um, I was mm-hmm. just going to ask, what was it like moving from, obviously Singapore is very diverse. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I've been there once, but from, from what I saw, it was very like diverse. A lot of people from different backgrounds, different countries. So what was your experience of kind of moving from Singapore to the UK? How did you kind of find that transition? And is there anything you kind of didn't expect from like when you moved to the UK? Yeah, what were your first impressions basically? Well, it's the opposite way around because I moved from the UK to Singapore. No, okay. <laughs> but um, I guess like when I moved back, I kind of had like a, 
I don't know, a changed perspective. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I was, I, I've been here for my whole life, I guess. I, I was only in Singapore for, like, four years. Oh, okay. Got Fair enough. Yeah. 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 But I guess, I guess it was really nice because I saw so many people who looked like me everywhere. And in a way, it felt like I was stuck in an airport. I know it sounds really weird, but I just saw and so many people from different walks of life and different cultures and you know Singapore doesn't even have its own cuisine like its cuisine is a mixture of multiple cuisines from different Southeast Asian countries and so that was really nice and I got the privilege to travel a lot because I moved there so I'll always be grateful for that and I've yeah (laughs) yeah that's so true I've never thought about that but Singapore doesn't actually have its own cuisine doesn't it it's got it's just a mixture of everything which is actually really cool so you could have had lots of different dishes all the time (laughs) that'd be like my (laughs) idea of heaven <laughs> um oh that's so nice so, so you moved back to the UK for university I'm guessing yeah. yeah so um you experienced school in Singapore if I'm right no so I only did my A-levels in Singapore uh, moved up okay. like I moved at the end of my GCSEs to the end of A-levels um did all my primary schooling and some of high school here and then yeah <laughs> okay so so what was school like for you and um did you find that you experienced kind of forms of of racism or some kind of discrimination or anything anything that made you feel uncomfortable as a woman of color I'm guessing at school or did it did you find that you experienced that at university where did it kind of start for you I mean as you mentioned yeah I am a person of color and being born into that identity comes with its challenges like mm-hmm. um, you know the second you're born you already have so many opinions formed about you by people who haven't even met you you know um but if I'm honest with you I loved school school was my favorite thing ever like primary school my home no I'm kidding I used to be so (laughs) bad when I used to go and I'd be like oh I want to stay at school we have oh it's so nice I can put anyone who loves school that much I didn't I liked it well primary I liked it but I I was very happy to go home afterwards and watch tv all afternoon I loved loved primary school I loved it so much I don't know why it's just so fun and like learning was fun and yeah, I mean, if I'm honest with you, I've never really experienced any racial discrimination at my school, uh, in primary, um, mm-hmm. anyway. Um, even if I have, I may just not have noticed ever. Mm-hmm. I think the only time, like, there was only one incident ever where someone had made fun of my skin, um, like, in year four or something. Um, okay. And they just, yeah, they just said my skin was scaly or clammy or something. I, I didn't even know what that oh meant. My God. Okay. I know I, I didn't really think much of it and like I remember telling my parents it became a whole thing and I was like oh no and you were in year four when that happened yeah I was in year four but like again like I didn't really know like if that was racism or this was just a person being a poo you know what I mean yeah he's like one of those kids who'd get like the to time be honest, there's a lot of kids who are just poos yeah yeah I know he's like that one guy at school who'd like lift up everyone's skirts and you'd always see him sitting outside the staff room with the 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 timer uh so oh because he was like being not to generalize not to generalize but I think he just wasn't overall poo so I I don't really know but yeah (laughs) I've never really experienced anything um that's made me uncomfortable at all I think it really started when I gained more awareness and became you know, I mean, I've always been very comfortable and proud of my identity and who I am. I come from, you know, like, mm. I, though I've 
been like brought up here and I was born here I'm very proud of my skin and you know I'm like a South Indian Tamil girl and I'm very proud of that and I'm very proud to be able to speak my language and all sorts of so yeah. it was only when I started expressing the fact that I'm me that things became a little bit complicated um here some of that was in Singapore some of that was you know it, it just depends on who you talk to or where you're at and yeah I, I don't think you can expect it like going somewhere it just happens it just happens yeah and when did you kind of like truly kind of accept yeah feel comfortable in yourself and like kind of own your you know your identity and then because you just said that that came with its challenges can you like expand on that I mean as I said like I my parents have always 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 encouraged me to embrace myself and learn about Mm -hmm. my culture and growing up I was never shy about embracing the fact that I was Indian and I loved where I came from and you know even my mum would come into primary school and she'd be invited in for like um doing like Diwali celebrations Deepavali and she'd come in and like you know teach oh we would have that at our school as well it's so fun yeah I know I was really proud I was really proud and I was just like do you know what I'm amazing yeah (laughs) my mum is so much better than yours (laughs) I know I'd be like my mum got to come into school and I yeah. got free food so I'm cool um That's but yeah like right there because my mum was French she never got to come in and give people baguettes so. <laughs> I don't think it works that way no I know <laughs> but yeah yeah I started like embracing it more as I got older because then I actually had my own opinions and I read books yeah. and you know I started forming opinions about various things and I think what I meant by challenges is that sometimes it was really really hard and still is to be accepted in my own brown community because sometimes people are like oh you're not Indian enough because you don't speak a certain language or you're not from a certain region in India or you know there's all sorts of discriminations there's caste-based discrimination Gosh, you're kind There's of in the middle of... ground then if you're like <laughs> if the you know the Indian community saying you're not Indian enough and then yeah the UK sort of saying you're yeah not, like I'll make yeah. a spicy dish and they'll be like oh my god you're so Indian and I'm like okay <laughs> like well, I don't yeah. know what I am I think I've been walking on a kind of like a balance beam or a tightrope between my you know South Indian and British upbringing you know like and why do I, we have I to identi- identify identify as one why, why can't we be all of them and and yeah I'm just, I'm just me like yeah. I'm just me and I love educating people about my culture and kind of dispelling those stereotypes that are associated with them and all sorts so yeah I guess challenges there are challenges misconceptions stereotypes people being unaccepting people being a bit weird but yeah unfortunately you know it's a regular conversation like I'll I know a person who's been racially discriminated at least 30 probably and they'll know 30 yeah no definitely and it's just it's just so here to hear that that still happens because I think you've really got to like I I definitely before coming to university was very naive about all of this and I came from a very white you know but white area like we had got probably like a total of five black people in our in our school um, and I never really kind of understood this, you know, the, the, the difference in treatment between different ethnic minorities and all that. And it's until like the, my awareness grew and I read more books like you and I 
and I saw what was happening at university that I kind of like it just clicked and I was like whoa something's there's an underlying yeah underlying racism going on here and it's just yeah not okay and it's but you don't I think a lot of people are naive by that and they don't know so it's great that you kind of come yeah you come on here and can talk about it more and just so that people can become more aware but um so you were saying so you've you've had challenges at school and Singapore university so what like my first my second question is what were your like first experiences of university um was it what you expected what were your impressions before you came um and did you kind of experience any uh, a difference in treatment maybe because of um because you were Indian or did you was there any discrimination racism anything like that that happened specifically at university you know I was so excited and I mean it was great like I joined and I met people and it was scary and fun at the same time mm. and I had such a great time I mean I was underage so I couldn't really go to all the freshers event, but I made <laughs> oh up for God, it in yeah. second year. <laughs> How, what did you I do first year? Literally nothing don't even ask don't even <laughs> ask. I couldn't even go to the club until I was like 18 and by that time it was already like end of November December time and everyone had established clubbing buddies and so I was just a bit late. So was that the year after that you turned? No 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 I turned 18 like um well, I, in, I joined in September and then I turned 18 in November. So Okay, so it was only a few months. Long. Yeah. You see, because if <laughs> I'd done that, I turned, yeah, I on my birthday's in July, so I would have had to wait the whole year. Yeah. Actually, I would have had to have the whole first year without, no, God, that's awful. I can't imagine it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it was fine. Um, I think I was ready to you know I, I had to stay open like I can't act like nothing no, nobody's gonna say something like someone's mm -hmm. gonna say something and it's not like I was on edge or anything or like waiting for it to happen but I knew it was likely to happen and yeah people come up to you and they just ask you really dumb things and sometimes they're microaggressions and sometimes they're stereotypes and yeah they hurt but I think I've just kind of I mean, I didn't used to handle them as well as I do now. I think before when someone asked me that, I'd get very upset mm -hmm. and I'd take it very personally. And I have every right to. I think I just, I've learned now how to kind of go like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then kind of question that person and dispel it or whatever I needed to do. And, um, you know, I'd get the usual stuff. I mean, I'd I mean, I'll issue a trigger warning in case anyone is triggered by any of this. I'm not going to talk about anything intense, of course, but if mm -hmm. any if any racism at all triggers you in any way, it's okay. You don't have to listen to this. It's all right. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I got called a curry muncher a lot of the time when I first joined uni, just by people on like the roads at uni like they'd be drunk and they'd just be like oh curry muncher oh you're gonna go home and make some curry then like it's not all we eat you know curry is not even a thing I can't you believe know, curry is not even an Indian dish it's not is even it not? a word no it's just like an umbrella term that you should have shouted back with that <laughs> no they were too drunk and I'm sure they wouldn't have oh god there's just a wasp outside my window oh okay oh. it's outside all good sorry but I, I, I just wasps. sometimes you just have to think like is it worth answering back to these people is my safety and these were there? these were university students these were oh like, yeah, yeah yeah uni students like just sitting outside common areas um I'd meet people at parties and then they just ask me the generic questions like oh yeah is your dad a taxi driver and I'd be like 
no I mean important job but no my dad's not a taxi driver or it'll be like you speak Indian you speak Hindu and I'm like yeah I also speak British and American it's not a language I don't speak just ask me what language I speak or I'd get the where are you from but no where are you really from still from Manchester as many times as you want to ask me you know what I mean yeah so it just it does get a bit tiring when you do meet people like that and they ask you things and you know I've been called exotic um you know <laughs> even by my own eater yeah it's been three years and she still hasn't got my name right and calls okay. me exotic every time and it always makes me so upset because at one point very I very demeaning stopped. yeah very like yeah condescending yeah, it's just mm. like, I mean, it's not even the exotic part. It's been three years and I still have to correct her. It's not hard, you know, my name. <laughs> and well, so I'd say if three years, you would that. you would make an effort to learn someone's name after three years. Oh, yeah. You would hope oh, so yeah. anyway. Yeah. But the first time I experienced proper racism was in second year um, when I was in a lecture with my quote unquote friend at the time. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I, I used to consider this person as a friend. Like we were close during first year. They were nice. We were in the same course. And I was walking up the stairs with like another one of my friends. So it was the three of us. And um, we had, a, I think it was like the first week of second year. So we were introduced to all these new lecturers. And we had a professor who was brown. And I think he was Indian. Uh, he looked Indian to me, South Asian maybe. Um, mm. But I was just exclaiming to my friends like, oh my gosh, like, it's been so long since I've seen a person of color or like, it, actually, to be honest with you, it was the first time I'd seen a lecturer who was not white in the whole psychology department. Like I'd not had really? a lecturer yeah. of any other ethnicity. And I was just like, it's so nice to see someone who looks like me teaching us. And like, there's someone up there who's like doing all the stuff that other people could do. I was just really happy and hyped up. Yeah. You know? like, I, I'm really proud when I see Indian people in high positions. Um, of course and then immediately, be, yeah. yeah, immediately this friend when I think, so for context, prior to this conversation, he was talking to me about one of his friends from school who was a racist or something. Um, okay. And la, 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 and then we spotted a lecturer and this happened. And then he says like, oh, so that's your dad then, isn't it? And I was like, eh? What? what? And he was just like, yeah, you all look the same. And I was like, shut up. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, yeah. And I was like, excuse me? And he was like, oh, sorry. Was that too racist for you? And I was like, kill me now. (laughs) Lord, take me now. I was so shocked. I'm shocked shocked at how stupid people can be. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually, yeah. It was just so out of, like, I was taken aback because... I hadn't actually experienced any proper racism until then. It, until then, it had just been stereotypes and microaggressions mm-hmm. and just asking me the generic questions. But then someone just implied that I look the same just because I'm brown as the, someone else. And therefore, else. they must yeah, be there, your dad. Yeah, and I, I mean, sure, I'd love for this lecturer to be my dad, but I have a dad. I have my own identity. <laughs> I have my own yeah. life. We're not just like a whole ethnic group smudged into one blob where everyone's related to each other. But, you know, after he said, is that too racist for you? I said, yes. <laughs> yes, that was too racist for me. Yeah. And I looked at my other friend for support. Um, 
and I'm mortified like, that this guy was actually your friend and thought that yeah, was okay to say that to you no I know I was shocked I was like it's been like more than a year now since you've known me and I can't believe but yeah I looked at my friend for support and um I was like yeah he's being racist like say something and my friend just said oh he's not being racist it's just a joke uh yeah he's just joking he just doesn't know how to communicate properly and just made a bunch of excuses um told me not to overreact basically and then I was like to the racist guy I, I mean that was a whole other thing that person was a bystander and decided not to stand up for me mm. um which was awful of them um but oh, I'm so you know, sorry. I felt so oh it's okay I felt so betrayed and I was just like it's 2021 like you experience you see someone experiencing blatant racism in front of your face and you don't stand up for them and, and of course you you openly said you felt uncomfortable with it as well which is what I'm finding yeah, even more said, confusing said, oh to understand God, like yeah. I was racist and the guy who's the the one who was racist he he went like oh yeah sorry um I was just thinking about that friend I was talking about earlier the racist one that's why I was racist what, what kind of piece <laughs> is that what the fuck oh God. I'm actually like gobsmacked. <laughs> I, I know. Just, that is, have they never, and especially like, have they just never seen anyone of a different colour before? Yeah, I know. God, God, uh, God per se, like they see a brown person. But I was just like, so you were racist to me. And then you blame it on you thinking of a memory of your friend being racist, which motivated you to be racist. Then asked me if you're being too racist for me, for my preference. In my preference, I prefer you not to be yeah. racist at all. <laughs> but um, so, so how did you deal with this after that these two had kind of, yeah, been racist? Yeah, so obviously no, I was bystander. Yeah. 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 No, I was very upset because this came from someone who I actually trusted. And mm. um, so, yeah, I just sat down to the lecture. This person still sat next to me. And so did the other friend. And my other friend had sat on this side, uh, well, on my right mm. side, per se. And uh, my professor started talking and he had a Canadian accent. And I whispered to her, and like, oh my God, he has a Canadian accent. It sounds so cool. Always wanted to go to Canada. And then this racist guy goes, oh, you're being racist. And I was like, what? <laughs> How so? I want to go to Canada. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, but like you call me a racist, like Indian people are racist too. And I was like, sorry, just because you are racist to me doesn't mean you got to wait for a time to tell me I'm racist. Like, don't gaslight me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't tell me that what you did wasn't wrong and try to cancel out your behavior by picking at something I said that wasn't offensive or diminishing a whole cultural your culture or a race into just words and looking the same like I didn't insult anyone I just said someone's accent was cool and it reminded me that I want to go to Canada one day mm. I didn't say like oh my god his accent's so weird imitated it and were you know made fun of him so yeah that was shitty um but after that I really just withdrew myself from that friend and for the bystander I still haven't actually um spoken to him yet about that I withdrew from him as well but I gave him a lot of excuses because mm -hmm. he was going through things and I was like I think it took me a while to realize that that shouldn't have been an excuse and that I do need to talk to someone well to him about it and mm. yeah I'm just I, I think I'm working towards that and maybe I will uh, when I'm ready but 
that was the first time that like someone close to me had really been racist. I think the second time was when I was at uh, the, the like the coach station in Nottingham, mm-hmm. and I came home from a trip and had like. Can my I can I quickly ask before you say oh, yeah, the story? Is is Nottingham quite a diverse city? I've never been myself, but oh, it's okay. Yeah, I mean, I'd say it's quite diverse. Like, there's yeah. loads of students. Like, uh, there's tons of Indian students and Asian students and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. really nice. It's quite diverse. So it's not um, like it's typical, you know, never no, seen anyone from a different no, country. No, no. no. okay. No, right. Not like that. No. I mean, I was walking to Tesco, um, which is like right next to the bus stop because I needed something because I didn't have food at home. And I was coming back out again and I had like massive suitcases because I just come back from visiting my family. And this man just started like running towards me. Um, I immediately went <laughs> and then he just started like shouting a bunch of racist abuse and I won't repeat it obviously but mm-hmm. it was a longer list of you know you're a terrorist I'll come kill your family multiple slurs I go back to where you came from and um, he was just following me and just shouting in my ear and I was really really scared that he was probably armed or and this was in a public space at 5 40 in the afternoon <laughs> Yeah, uh, there were people around. Uh, a lot of people didn't say anything. And then finally, some men who spotted me were sitting on like the side of like this kind of like elevated steps. And they were shouting at the man like, hey, no, go away and all that, whatever. And I was like, oh, my God, thank God. Thank you. And then yeah. I was walking and then he ran at me again. <laughs> he no came back. Way. Yeah, he came back and he started saying all that stuff. And then eventually the security guard at Tesco had to come out and threatened to call the police. And then this guy went away. I think he was like intoxicated, but it doesn't really excuse the behavior. Well, but that was the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was scared. Um, I sat in a taxi and I called my parents because like, I don't know what just happened, but it's what happened. Thought I was going to die. Oh my Great. God. Right. <laughs> I was yeah. I was like, I just kept walking. I didn't reply, didn't say anything. You just have to be quiet sometimes. And mm. that happened to be the time when I had to just stay silent because I didn't want to risk my safety yeah but I'd say those are probably like the two most prominent memories that come up for me when I think about racism at uni I think the rest of it's just really been online or yeah. you know as I said like subtle racism or like microaggressions and stereotypes like even even my own housemate who's lived with me for like two years before this um had asked me multiple times to speak Indian or mistaken me for the other Indian girl in the group. Yeah. yeah. And it sucks. Like, I do and look different. Yeah. And I'm like... It's just they'll be like, oh, naive, sort yeah. of... Naive, unaware comments that, yeah. Yeah, or it's People like, don't oh, realize her. so is yeah. my friend. Do you know him? Are you related? No, I don't. Like, it's like me being like, oh... Let's think of a random celebrity. Okay, Daniel Radcliffe, because I don't watch Harry Potter. But it's like me asking, like, oh, you're white, so is Daniel Radcliffe. Do you know him? Are you related? I'm just, I'm baffled that these, yeah, I'm, I'm actually baffled. I'm, yeah, really? I have no, yeah, I've just. It's sadly all very common. Um, I've, I know yeah. a lot of people have it worse than me. I think I've gotten off pretty easy so far. Um. God, and how, yeah. how do you find, how, um, so if you could, you know, if, if you, how do you feel your university could deal with this? 
um, better? Or yeah. is there anything you think that your university could do to, to deal with these possible racist incidences? And um, do you think they could do more than what they're doing now? Um, what, what's your opinion on that? It's not been all that bad. Like, I hope I haven't painted a very sour picture. Obviously, there's been so many good moments and so many mm-hmm. people who have been allies to various communities and have been mm-hmm. very uplifting. I think university-wise, my opinion would be just, like, have some sort of a 24-7 hotline or somewhere that I can report immediate racism to. Yeah. Um, it's not even that, like, that's not even a bigger deal. For me, I'm part of a society, which I won't mention, but I've been a part of it since the beginning of university. And like, I've always just wanted to see a person of color or a diversity officer in the um, the committee because most yeah. societies have them, but for some reason this one doesn't and some other ones don't either. Um, but as a person of color, I know if I'd gone through something and on a night out, which I did once, I went to a social and a member of the society was like, did some I mean asked me about curry as usual and so I felt really uncomfortable I wanted to talk to someone about it um I didn't feel comfortable talking to anyone um yeah I tried to talk to someone and they just didn't understand why that was a big deal and I didn't want to have to go through that and explain to them what a microaggression is and why that's an insult I kind of just wanted someone there to be who was relatable like who doesn't have to listen yeah yeah I, I would just love it if it, there was a diversity officer to make sure that there were more opportunities for people of color, even in like small societies um, and make it more inclusive. And I think that's so important. And I think my uni lacks that. And I mean, I, I'll, I'm i gonna try and do something about it and hopefully something happens, but. So like a sort yeah. of, you know, you get those, you get those nightlines for people suffering with mental health, you get like beat, you get people who, who are there on the phone for people who have eating disorders. So something like that. Yeah. For, yeah, for, for, for diversity, yeah. for, for I mean, racial incidences sure. to talk to someone. Like you just yeah. want that immediate someone to just listen and take action mm-hmm. because racism can be so scary. Yeah. Like sometimes people have your contact details. Sometimes people know where you live. Sometimes mm. you know these people. Sometimes you're in danger. Like you want to have to report this to somebody and get through. Even, even you know, even if it's not dealing with racism, I think the uni could do so much better at, doing more things about inclusivity more recently they've done things like diversity week for example where they let me host a show about you know I did it on uh, stereotypes of Indians on tv for example and they had Mm -hmm. loads of other people talking about various cultures and stuff and that's the first time that's happened since I've joined uni because I had such a big issue with the fact that they have black history month and it's just a month yeah no one talks about it afterwards no one talks about it before you know all these resources are just like oh guys you know there's all these lines to help you but you know we won't enforce them again and again throughout the year so everyone knows them and we won't have to make you wait until that specific month every year to give you some sort of help mm-hmm. and awareness and provide you with a weird poster when you're walking down the road so they could do more to to educate their students and educate office like welfare officers on what to do when there is a case of racism Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. <laughs> I definitely think that's important. I think that'd be like it, that would be, you know, it's fundamental. It's just it's just needed. It's not even a question, isn't it? It's not even a should we have this, should we have that? It's just it there should be something in every university. But I think, do you think that, you know, 
with with awareness that's coming up with like Black Lives Matter and you know like the activities you did at your university the talks you did do you think that there will be there will be more awareness in universities things like this will be implemented um yeah for for, for students maybe who who are of color and are, are scared of going into university because of, of of racism or this or that well yeah do you think things will get better and what would your advice be more than fear it's usually just like you go in just knowing it's going to happen I think mm -hmm. a lot of us are just past fear like you just know that is it's yeah, inevitable it's sometimes it may happen it may not like you just come in but oh gosh I forgot my point <laughs> <laughs> um no basically I think things are changing though um I think the Black Lives Matter movement people finally taking note of it you know black people have been struggling for so long this movement has yeah. always been there um it was sad that I had to come to another black man being murdered on the road yes. yeah. for it to become such a movement and people suddenly caring. Um, yeah. Or not caring. Screw them if they're not caring. But yeah, <laughs> no, I think things are changing slowly, but it should happen. And I hope it will because it's so needed. Like, you know, it kind of erases a whole culture and community just by not recognizing them and supporting them sometimes. Um, my advice would be just be yourself. You know, mm -hmm. unfortunately some things may happen and there are so many resources out there that can help you to learn how to respond. I mean, my tip to what I do is I kind of make a mental checklist, like a very quick one. Someone's just mm -hmm. said something microaggression-y to me or racially gaslighting me. First, I think like, am I in immediate danger? If I respond to this person, will they harm me in any way? Will they be flippant and dismissive? Will I be pulled into an argument or will they be willing to listen and talk about why what they said was wrong? Yeah. Sometimes it's just okay to walk away. And I think that's not spoken about enough. You know, I would have loved someone to sit down and teach me how to deal with someone when they're being racist. Cause you know, I've been in so many situations where I've just frozen you know, I speak about this so much, but like when it actually comes to it, you freeze and you don't know what the hell you're doing and mm -hmm. you just want out and you want someone to help you. Um, so I think more education on that and just encouraging people to do their own work and education, educate themselves. I think a lot of people think that it's the job of marginalized communities and yeah, to, to, you know, black people and Asian people to educate you, you know, it's there's not so many of resources out there as well. Yeah, I mean, if you want to be an ally, you have to do the research yourself. None of us are obliged to educate you. Mm -hmm. I think it's a learning. We're learning too. So if you do want to be an ally, you know, you have to step up. You have to make sure you're not gaslighting, make sure you're not a bystander, make sure you listen and ask questions because no one's going to say no to questions. Just ask questions. Yeah. instead of demanding education so I think that's, that's so important as well because I think a lot of people can fear asking questions but you know asking questions is the way you're going to get answers and know know how to help and know how to you know raise awareness and 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 really be yeah like you said the ally so that yeah that's really important as well but if you could give maybe three points of advice for for people coming into university um maybe you know they experience a, a form of racism or what what should they do okay 
Um, so my first advice would be tell someone, talk to someone, anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, unfortunately, sometimes the people who you think you can trust, like academic tutors and welfare officers and whoever that may be, support in terms of parents or friends, sometimes they're just not enough. So don't expect anyone to help you, help yourself, talk to anyone who you feel comfortable with and who you feel like they won't judge you. And, you know, maybe it will help guide you into what to do next. Um, I'm currently, mm-hmm. in, actually, funnily enough, in a situation where I am trying to report some case of racism oh. and it's given me three days. So not fun, but that's yeah, completely that's... different. It has to do with social media. So that's a whole other battle I guess um but I think another important thing is to have that conversation um don't be afraid to call out people exhibiting problematic behavior even if you love that person even if they're your friends your relatives your new housemates flatmates whoever they are do not be afraid to have that conversation and just because you love them doesn't mean you should be silent Mm -hmm. so never be silent have that hard weird and awkward conversation about race and racism and all sorts because mm-hmm. it's important um thirdly would just be to have fun don't think like oh my god I'm walking into a white institution I'm going to be <laughs> every day don't walk into it like that yeah just think of it like you're just having fun have fun and if it comes it comes and deal with it when it comes be yourself yeah. don't be embarrassed of where you come from and I know that's hard for some people to do because yeah, I know I've struggled with it but never be ashamed of where you come from and always be true to yourself with that sound like I'm a Justin Bieber song but you get what I mean <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds so beautiful it's so poetic be <laughs> to yourself never say never all the other songs yeah <laughs> I was gonna say it sounds yeah. like an inspirational quote Oh. Sounds great, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> oh no, thank you so much for, for for yeah for chatting about all of that. Honestly, like you've 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 even taught me new things that I didn't even know. So I I know this this podcast is going to be so important for people out there just to, oh, just to hear about it. Honestly, and thank you so much for being so open as well and just articulating yourself so well and giving really good advice and. Yeah, you're very amazing. Yeah, thank you. No, I think having these open conversations are so important because people need to know that these things happen. I know a lot of people who just think racism doesn't even exist in the UK. And just because the Black Lives Matter movement was happening in America, that they're very far away from the problem when the problem's right under their nose. And it happens every day to people here in the UK. And more and more people talk about it the more and more we get to know I mean you saw I'm sure the reaction after England lost um yeah Acker and Rashford and um, that was horrific horrific it yeah. was awful like I I couldn't fathom the amount of racist comments and slurs and hate on the like the the Instagram comment section of those three mm. men, uh, Sancho as well, I think. But yeah, yeah, like it was just vile, and it exists. It's always been there. Um, I think we're just very good at covering it up. So yeah, <laughs> I'm very grateful that you asked me to talk about it. It's such an important topic, and I could rant about it for days. But honestly, permission. I could talk about it for days. But yeah, no, thank okay. you so much for coming on, and like it's just been a pleasure having you. And thank you so much. 
Yeah, thank you so much. And if you kind of, if everyone wants to, if you could just um, say your Instagram to everyone so that if they want to follow you kind of, because I know you, you talk about it a lot on your Instagram as well. You've got a podcast as well. So if you want to say your podcast as well, oh, just that people can kind of follow you more and um, follow on this conversation, really. Um, oh. Yeah, over to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I have a podcast called Vanilla Extract. Um, it's a pun on vanilla extract since I introduced my name as vanilla without the vast so much. Um, but yeah, that's on that. Spotify and Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and Amazon and iTunes and every major streaming platform. So you can find me there. Or you can find me on Instagram, a very, very hard handle. The exact name is my radio show. So the extracts <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> and you can find the links to all of my show details on there as well. <laughs> so yeah, that's just brilliant. The Easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well, thank yeah. you so, so, so much. And yeah, as I said, it was lovely having you. And um, yeah, thank you again you you were brilliant like I think you're so articulate and so wonderful to talk to and you're so kind oh, and like you're you. doing fantastic I'm very happy that you're doing what you're doing and I hope it keeps going and becomes something big 